Good morning. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that this morning's message will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. I want to look First, at the despairing widow. If you remember last week's broadcast, we looked at Naomi and how she had went with her husband away from the promised land, away from the place where God had told them to be. I don't believe that they prayed about it. The Word of God doesn't record them praying about it. It doesn't record God telling them to leave. I believe that in themselves, in himself, Elimelech made the decision to take his family down into another country, down into a land where he was not supposed to be, the country of Moab, and they certainly suffered while they was there. He lost his life, she lost her son's lives, and here she is returning with her daughter-in-law. She convinces one of them, Orpah, to go back and stay, that there's nothing there for her in the promised land, but Ruth it is that she insists that she goes she insists she stays she's not going to leave she wants to go and join herself to God's people but if you look and you notice not one time in the first chapter did Naomi mention that there was a kinsman there that there was a redeemer somebody that could pay off their debt somebody that could restore them not one time don't you think that would be something important but it was as if Naomi had forgotten about the kinsman is as if she had forgotten about Boaz I don't know if she just didn't believe he would do it or if she had forgotten that he existed but as churches many times as Christians we forget we too have a kinsman we too have a redeemer Adam, he sinned, and by him, sin entered into the world. We all inherited that sin debt, but on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ, our kinsman, Redeemer, came and he died and he rose again and he paid the price for our salvation. Why do we get so caught up, so tore up with things in the world, so discouraged? Why do we come in oftentimes so bogged down on Sunday morning or even throughout the week acting like everything has come to an end and we can't go on any further, knowing we have a Redeemer, knowing we have a King, knowing we have a Savior. It's like we have forgotten we have a kinsman. Colossians 1, 21, the Bible says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh, through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Praise God, we too have a kinsman. We too have somebody to redeem us, somebody to restore us to that perfect fellowship with a holy 
God, I want you to see he was a mighty man of wealth. Boaz had the means. He could pay it all as we go on in the story next week. We'll look at it. But there was another kinsman. There was a first kinsman that Boaz had to go to first, but he could not pay it. See, Adam, the first Adam, the first man, he could not pay for his sin. It was the second Adam. It was Christ who paid the price. He paid it all. There is an unlimited bank account where he has paid the price for my sins, for your sins, your past sins, your present sins, your future sins, for the sins of the whole world, if they would but accept him as their Savior. I'm glad we have a mighty God of wealth, of wealth of mercy and grace, our God who is rich in grace and mercy. How do we forget about the kinsmen? We forget about the kinsmen when we focus too much on our circumstances. In chapter 1, verse 21, Naomi said, Call me Mara, call me bitter, instead of Naomi, which means pleasant, because the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. She took her eyes off of God. They took her eyes off of the promised land and what God had done for him, and she got her eyes on the circumstances. She forgot about the kinsmen. She got her eyes off of him. When we take her eyes off of Christ, we soon start looking at her circumstances. We soon start looking at everything around us, and we forget that we have a Savior. We forget we have someplace better, something so much better in store for us. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. The right hand in the Bible is symbolic of authority. We need to always have the Lord in his proper place, have him as the authority over our lives. We forget about the Redeemer whenever we start looking too much at current events. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being informed about what is going on, but we don't need to be filled up with the news. We need to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Don't get too worried about what's going on in the world. Remember that God said, Jesus said, that this all must come to pass, that there'd be wars and rumors of wars, there'd be famines and earthquakes, diverse places. Let's remember, let's remember this is all just a sign that Jesus Christ is coming back. And I believe he is coming soon. You say, well, my father said he is coming. My grandfather said he is coming. Even Paul said he was coming. Well, if they all said he was coming, then he must be coming pretty soon. It must be getting close. We need to remember to live every day looking for Jesus. Live every day like Jesus is coming today. But we need to plan. We need to plan in case Jesus isn't coming until another week, another month, another year, or somewhere down the future. We still need to plan. We need to make sure that we are prepared if we have to live or if we have to face another day, but we need to make sure we're prepared and we're ready if we face Him before this day ends. Many men have tried to predict. They've tried to say whenever Jesus Christ would come back, there was a book sent out at one time that said 88 reasons why the rapture will be in 1988 on the cover. Well, it's well past 1988. He, The man first said he was a retired NASA scientist, so he wasn't just a dummy. 
he first said that he was coming back in September. Was September coming to pass? And you know what? He had to had to revise that. He said, well, he's coming in October. Well, here we are, years and years on past that, and he still hasn't come. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. The Bible says that not even the angels even know the day or the hour. We can't know. We can't guess whenever he's coming back, but we know surely, surely on the authority of God's word that he will come back. He will come back for his church. I want us to look at the determined woman in verse number two. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go my daughter. Ruth followed Naomi to the promised land, but she wasn't coming just to drown in her sorrow. What'd she do? The Bible says that she went looking for grace. Whenever somebody walks into the church doors this morning, I'm going to tell you they're looking for something. They're looking for some help. They're looking They're looking for something. They might not be there for the right reasons. They might be looking for something wrong. But let's not forget the opportunity that's before us. Let's not forget the change we have to present and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, the ultimate help. She went looking. Romans 8.35 says, Whoso separate us from the love of our Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or power or sword. And verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loveth us. We should have the determination of Ruth. She was determined to go, even though she was a stranger. She was determined to go back with Naomi into the promised land to follow her. She left her people. She left her sin. She left her idols, her little g-gods behind, and she went to serve the true God. I want you to see the divine walk in verse number three. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hap was the light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. Look at this. Here it is. She went and she gleaned in the field. See, there was a plan. God had a plan to provide for the poor. He had them come in whenever the reapers reaped. They were not to clean out the corners. They were to leave that part. If they dropped something, they were to leave that. And in working, the poor was able to maintain their dignity and go and be taken care of and as she went to do that is the bible says her hap was the light on the part of the field that belonging into boaz she just happened she just happened to be there but we know we know with god that things just don't happen we know with god he has a purpose we know that he was directing her steps proverbs twenty twenty four. the bible says man's goings are of the lord how can a man then understand his own way. If you look at verse number 16, Boaz has his reapers drop a little bit whenever Ruth's not looking, a little bit of handfuls of purpose. As we go through this life, we have opportunities, we have situations arise, we have things happen, and they don't just happen, they're, they happen because they're handfuls of purpose. They're opportunities that Christ has dropped along the way. He just happened to drop an opportunity one day for you to hear the gospel, for you to get saved, for you to accept him. And as you go through your life, as you go to the store, as you go to work, as you go 
just be with your family or you might talk to somebody in the grocery store like I did earlier today and you just happen to have an opportunity to give them the gospel. Now you might not see anything come of that on this side. You might never know what happened, but God can take that seed and he can sow that seed down deep in their heart and he can have somebody else come along and water it and that seed can spring up and grow into everlasting life. We have handfuls of purpose everywhere being dropped for us. I want you to look last of all at the different way. We're going to verses 18 through 20. And she took it up and went into the city. That is all that she had reaped, all that she had gathered. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou blessed? Be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. Look at the different way of Naomi, the one that was so bitter. Here she is, her faith is all of a sudden restored. She remembers the kinsmen. She says, Blessed be he of the Lord, what happened? Well, Ruth's faith restored Naomi's faith. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. First Thessalonians five eleven says, Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Edify means to build one another up. Look at how Naomi's demeanor has changed. Look, she's no longer bitter. Now she's praising the Lord. She's blessing, blessing Boaz. She's talking about the kinsman again. She's talking about the Redeemer. She now has hope. Why is that? It's because Ruth's faith restored Naomi's faith. You may know somebody. You may know somebody that has lost their faith. They've gotten discouraged. They're brokenhearted today. But by your faith, your encouragement, you can lift them up. You can help them to keep going. I encourage you today to do just that. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to invite you to join us to Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. God bless.